Hallelujah. We thank you for uh, coming back to this podcast, Built Up in Christ. My name is Darby Paris, and I'm your speaker. And I would like to thank you for following us in the podcast. If you're subscribing, if you're not, please subscribe. Um, and this discussion, we're going to be talking about integrity. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So the word integrity, let's look at it in the regular dictionary, states the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. If we look at the Bible dictionary definition, it says upright and complete. Now, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word translated integrity means the condition of being without blemish. Completeness, perfection, sincerity, soundness, uprightness, wholeness. The word integrity does not appear in the New Testament, but its equal are the word sincerity, truth, and pure of heart. Now, Jesus is the perfect example of a man of integrity. After he was baptized, he went into the wilderness to fast for 40 days and nights. During which that time, Satan came to him at his weakest to try to break his integrity and corrupt them. Now, Jesus was both holy man and holy God at that same time. And he was tempted in every way we are today. Yet he never sinned. If we look at Hebrews 4.14, and I'm reading the NIV version in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It reads as follows. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Now, that is the definition of integrity. Jesus, the only one who was ever without blemish, perfect, completely truthful, and was always showing a pattern of good works. One thing we have to keep in mind about Jesus is as a leader, he lived by example. He didn't just say things. He did things and had his disciples observe them as he was doing them, including this example that we see in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, in which he's fasting and how he's showing his disciples that even during the most difficult times, he, you have to confide and depend on the Lord. Even when you're being tempted, don't listen to that lying devil. Keep your heart, your eyes on the Lord always. Okay? Christians are called to be just like Jesus. In Christ, we are new creations and we can be considered without blemish before God. In Christ, we also have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit at work in us, sanctifying us and making us more like Jesus. If we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and I'm also going to read verse 21, it says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So going over verse 17 first, when 
you come to Christ, you are a new creation. When it states the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here, it means that you're no longer the same person. By faith, now you're a new person, and therefore you cannot act like you did before. Also, whatever you did in the past is in the past. You cannot look back. You have to keep looking forward and looking at Christ and keep walking towards Christ. See, this is an ever-going process, a growth process in which we're growing to be Christ-like. And it takes time. No one is perfected in Christ instantly. It's all a process. It takes time. The Word of God says that only when we're finally in heaven are we finally perfected in Christ. Meaning that as long as we're on this earth, we're striving for perfection. We're slowly getting to that root. This is a marathon, okay? We don't win a marathon quickly. It takes time. The marathons that we see runners run, usually depending on their pace, it could take 20 hours, it could take 8 hours, or it could take 5 hours, depending on that person's pace. Every Christian believer's pace is different. The most important thing is that they're growing, they're striving to be Christ-like, meaning they're separating themselves, sanctifying, being separated, made holy for God, okay? Meaning, again, you cannot act the same way you did before you served the Lord, before you gave yourself to Christ. We thank you, Lord. Now, God made him who had no sin to be sin. Paul is stating that Christ did not sin, though he was tempted. Okay? It is by God's power that we become increasingly people of integrity. We are called to obey God and in doing so to be people of uncompromised morality and integrity. Christians shouldn't be those who adhere to the truth and who do good works. Or rather, I'm sorry, Christians should be those who adhere to the truth and who do good works. You are known by your fruits. Meaning, if you are a Christian and you're testifying you're a Christian and you're saying to people, I am a follower of Christ, then you just saying it is not going to testify. It's that you're known by your fruits, by your actions, because actions speak louder than words. And that's the reason Jesus led by example. And therefore, he was showing us how to lead, because each of us is a leader. If we influence even just one person, we're a leader. Okay, so therefore we have to be careful how we walk, because one of the things that happens when you're a Christian, you have all eyes on you. So you have to be mindful how you carry yourself. One thing that there's a saying that some people say, and I'm going to say it in Spanish and then translate it, is that, oh, yo no creía que decía eso, él es cristiano, y eso no es, que él es cristiano. Didn't you know he's, wasn't he a believer? Isn't he a believer? And that's the thing that people will first say when you trip. You have to be mindful to try not to trip because people have all eyes on you once they know you're a believer in Christ. And they're waiting. There's people who are waiting for you to fall so they can say, oh, but check that out. He says he's a Christian. Look at what he did. You have to be mindful. You have to be a person of integrity. You have to be a holy person, meaning be separate. You cannot act the same way as other people in your workplace or friendships. You are different. Hallelujah. Okay, Christians should be those who cannot be bribed or compromised because we serve God rather than man. Okay, if we look at Colossians chapter 3 verse 17, it reads, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
Now, what does that mean? That means that when you're at your workplace, whatever you do, even if you have a lousy boss, keep your eye on Jesus. When you do your job, do it like if you're doing it for the Lord. Therefore, you will be successful at your job and the Lord will back you up whatever happens at your job. Never, ever act when you're working in your workplace. Oh, my boss is lousy, so I'm just not going to put in all that effort. No, because that's something you would do if you didn't serve the Lord. Now you're different. You can't act the same way. So now you serve the Lord. So therefore, you should be acting like it. And one of the things we need to do is that whatever job you do, whether in civilian life or public, you have to do it like if you're doing it for the Lord and do it well. Okay. And sadly, what we've seen in the circumstances of society today, that's not always the case. And that's why people who are Christians, who are public servants, who serve the public, need to be mindful of how they act. Because here you are reflecting the testimony of Jesus, not just your testimony, but the testimony of Jesus. You're being a witness to the people. People are going to see you and see Jesus. So therefore, you have to be mindful of how you act. You have to act lovingly. You have to act with integrity, okay? Character is the external display of internal holiness. We have to keep that in mind. If you're a person of good character, then you're showing the internal display of holiness in you, okay? Um, let's look at one of the um, characters of integrity in the Holy Word, which is Job, which is located in the Old Testament. And we're going to see an exemplary case of Job's character. If we was to look at Job chapter 1 verse 1, it reads, There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. Now, that's something that any Christian would like to see being written on their tombstone on the day they depart with the Lord. Because you want people to remember you if you serve the Lord as someone who was blameless and upright, a person of integrity, and a person who constantly served the Lord, who feared, who held the Lord in high reverence. Because see, the word fear in the Bible could be that you're afraid, but when it comes to the Lord, it means that you hold the Lord in high reverence, meaning that when you fear, your fear is failing God. Not that you're afraid of the Lord, but that you fear failing God. So you holding the Lord in reverence, meaning I don't want to fail him. So therefore I fear failing him. Okay. Now, as we look at Job, we know that as we spoke in the last podcast, I gave examples of Job, how the enemy does not have ultimate power. Satan doesn't have the final say. And in the book of Job, we can see how Satan have to, had to ask God permission in order to test Job. Okay. And Job was still under God's protection, even though he was being tested. And even through these tests, Job still had high reverence for the Lord. He just kept asking God, because there's nothing wrong with asking God, why am I going through this? Why am I suffering at this time? But we have to keep in mind that everything is for God's purpose. What you suffer now is only temporary. Because once that suffering ends, comes the victory. 
See, these little trials we go through, it's just little steps that helps us build our spiritual endurance. The same way if you was working out in a gym, you're building muscular endurance and it's painful at first and it's sore. And if you're the first person who's ever gone to the gym for the very first time, you know that the first time you work out, you give it your all. And the next day you can't even move your arms. They feel like jelly. That's the feeling of enduring trials. You may feel like jelly, but at the end or be all, you're going to be stronger for it. Okay. And here's Job going through these situations, these trials. And the one thing that the word always reminds us that Job is a man of integrity. How he held to the end. His, he never lost faith. Hallelujah. Now, this doesn't mean Job was perfectly sinless. It just means that he was a man of integrity, that he continued his walk. He kept looking to the Lord, even though some people said, oh, you must have done something wrong. Otherwise, you wouldn't be suffering what you're suffering. And you may run into people like that in churches today, that they may see you suffering or going through a trial. And they'd be like, he must have done or she must have done something wrong because there's no reason for him to be going through all that. He, he must have brought it on himself. No, you know, sometimes things occur in order to build our endurance, to build our testimony. And so we can encourage others who may go through that later on and be like, I went through that too, but the Lord got me out of it. Praise the Lord. So after all, Job, Job readily confessed his own sin through, throughout the book, we see. It's also noted that he was a man who feared God, meaning he held them in reverence. I can't think of nothing else that bolsters integrity, like a deep reverence for the Lord. Finally, he was a man who turned away from sin. That is, he was a man who practiced repentance, meaning that he had constant conversations with the Lord when it came to his walk. Meaning that he knew that as long as he's on this earth, there's going to be moments that he may sin. Therefore, how do you get forgiven? You come to the Lord, present it to the Lord. You say, Lord, I'm sorry for doing this. Can you please forgive me for this? And then the word promises us that once you confess your sins to the Lord, it is forgotten. It is erased. Whatever you gave to the Lord, you admitted to the Lord, is forgiven and is erased. Now, Job 1, chapter 1, verse 1, puts forth an excellent epithet for a Christian leader's headstone. Okay? We would love to have that as a way to... Uh, part of our obituary or headstone saying this is a man or woman of integrity who dearly loved the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, what makes the book of Job unique is that we get to look behind the scenes of his suffering and see how God fits into our experience of pain and sorrow. We also see how Satan works and how he fits in that. When we read Job, it helps us understand our own suffering and learn how to comfort others in pain. Now, we're going to look at another man of God, Joseph, and how obeying God when we don't feel like it. Okay. Now, Joseph is one of Jacob's, which happens to be Abraham, the father of faith's grandson. And he's the son of Abraham who was sold into slavery by his brothers. Eventually, he rose to great power in Egypt and saved his family and many others from starvation. And we could find that in Genesis chapters 37 through 50. Now, Joseph was one of 12 sons, but was favored above all others. Now, Joseph's brothers took opportunity one day to get rid of their little brother out of jealousy. But God used even their evil to bring good. 
Joseph was sold to traders who took him to Egypt as a slave. Through amazing series of events, he rose to great power. Because of his faithfulness to God, Joseph received double portions of God's blessing. Now, if we look to Genesis chapter 39, verses 3 through 9 and verse 12, it reads in this way. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care, with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And verse 12 says, She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Now these verses describe how a man of integrity Joseph is. Even though he's a slave in this house, he sees the blessing of the Lord in his life. How the Lord has his hand on him. Because one of the things he says in the verse is how he's in charge of everything. And how his stature there is so high that he states that everything his master owns, he has entrusted his care. And then verse 9, he says, no one is greater in this house than I am. That says a lot. Here's a slave, and yet he has control of a lot of things. And he has great power and responsibility. Now, he recognized that the one thing his master did not give him power over was his wife. So therefore, he couldn't sleep with her. Now, it also shows how a great man of integrity Joseph is, is that, and this is a perfect example for us, how we should be as people who deal with the opposite sex, is that this person tried to pull him into bed. And the first thing he did was just run out and left his cloak behind. See, whenever we deal with the opposite sex, if we see any indications that, for example, if we're in a relationship, first of all, we're in a relationship with the Lord. But if we're in a relationship and we have a loved one, someone we're dating, or most importantly, if you're married, don't ever allow yourself to be put in a situation that it's going to hurt your integrity and your testimony. For example, don't ever enclose yourself in a room if you're a male with the opposite sex or a, whim, a woman, be enclosed with someone in the opposite sex. Because if you're going to be at risk of temptation, then you need to leave that right away. You need to run away just like Joseph did. Okay? We cannot allow ourselves to be put in a situation that may mess up our testimony. Because it's more greater than us. 
we have to remember this testimony isn't just about us. It's about Jesus. And we don't want to mess up that testimony about Jesus. Hallelujah. So here's Joseph who had all this power and yet this woman desired him. And maybe that was an aphrodisiac for her. The fact that he had all this power that her husband gave to him. The other factor is that it could be the fact that she had a tendency of getting what she wanted. And she knew Joseph was not going to give her that. Therefore, she desired him even more. And we all probably have experienced that. And that gave Joseph more reason to run away. Okay. Now, due to the fact of embarrassment, Potiphar, once his wife told him about this, he had to punish Joseph, even though he most likely knew that his wife did cheat on him with others. And the fact that Joseph ran away, but he still had to save face. So therefore, he had to punish him. And with the acknowledgement, he knew he was going to lose the blessing he had because he knew that the Lord was blessing Joseph. So therefore, he was going to lose that blessing as well by imprisoning Joseph. But if we was to continue reading those chapters, which would be another time that we would touch on, is that we see Joseph still even in prison get blessed and be taken care of by the Lord. Hallelujah. What we have to take out of this is the fact that as people of integrity, we have to maintain our integrity as believers in Christ. For example, if you work in a bank, you're going to make sure that even if people know you serve the Lord and they consider you a person of integrity, that you always have a good witness. If I'm counting money, I'm not going to count money by myself just because they trust me. I'm going to be like, no, no, no. I need you to stay right there. Oh, but I know you're not going to steal anything. No, it does not matter. You stay right there because there you will be a good witness to testify that, yes, I did not take anything. It's not just the fact that you're at the other side of the door and not seeing me. No, no. You need to see that I will not take anything. And that's the way we have to act. Okay, when we walk in Christ, we have to make sure we guard ourselves and protect our integrity and our testimony. Now, how can we know we're living in a right relationship with God? By reflecting his character in us when we act justly toward others, when we maintain our integrity. Okay, a sign that we have right relationship with God is that our behavior is changing and conforming to the moral character of Jesus. When we seek to do justice because we understand that God is a just God, then we demonstrate our commitment to knowing his ways and obeying him. One thing we have to always ask ourselves, we have to always self-evaluate ourselves. Does your character always reflect that of Jesus Christ? You should always ask yourself that. So you don't trip in your walk. What changes do you need to make to your life to become more of a just person? like the Lord Christ Jesus. These are questions we need to ask ourselves as we walk in Christ so we continue to be sure that we're walking in integrity and being a great testimony of the Lord Jesus to those masses that are around us. Because here's the thing, I can shout to the rooftops that I'm a Christian, but my fruits is how I'm being judged by my actions because they speak louder than words. So by the way you carry yourself, people will know you are a servant of Christ. So be mindful of your vocabulary, how you speak to people, how you treat people. Remember to treat everyone like how you want to be treated. And as we continue in our future podcast, we're going to continue talking about stewardship, leadership, 
and how we continue growing in Christ. So I hope um, you're blessed by this message. God bless you. God keep you. And hopefully you're subscribing and we continue on here. Um, leave some good reviews here on Apple, iTunes. And God bless you. God keep you.